Welcome to Vows to Keep Radio with David and Tracy Sellers. Our mission is to help couples develop biblically healthy marriages through the application of God's Word and a deeper relationship with Him. We desire to help you and your spouse grow closer to each other and closer to the heart of God's design for your marriage. Now here's David and Tracy with today's broadcast. A few years ago, I heard for the first time a high school grad walking down the aisle to get his diploma say that his future job aspiration was to be a YouTuber. Wait, what? Is fame your goal? Is entertainment your goal? Are you going to have to sell your soul to the devil? How are you going to pay the bills? Not long after I heard that, I started hearing about these TikTok challenges. Crazy things, like stupid things, stealing cars, taking medications in unprescribed ways. I mean, who does this? Who creates this content? Who follows in their footsteps? Well, it turns out it's people not too different from you and I. Let me give you an example. I went to a car show focused on Ford Mustangs, and what do you know? I met some people I saw on YouTube, and when I asked one of them, like, well, what do you do for a regular job? And he said, well, I'm an influencer. What? This man fed his family making videos dedicated to Mustangs. How to pull an engine, how to build an engine, how to redo the interior, how to paint the car. He was a walking, talking Mustang encyclopedia. And he was basically doing reviews of products without making it look like that. And the crazy thing was, I personally bought some restoration parts for my own car because of his videos showing the use of them. He got paid for clicks and views, but he also got paid to promote these products. He was an influencer. I was the target and he was successful. So what is an influencer? Really? I mean, 20 years ago, that wasn't even a word we used. This guy I met at the car show, he was a champion of the cause. He was a trendsetter. In today's world, we know influencers are marketers. The dictionary says it like this, a person with the ability to influence potential buyers of a product or a service by promoting or recommending their items on social media. The hope is that influencers are going to add serious credibility to a vendor's brand. So what's your favorite YouTube or Instagram page? Who do you follow on Facebook or TikTok? And before you say this isn't me, I'm not someone who's easily influenced. In fact, I'm not even on social media. How about the meteorologist? You know the one. Every winter, cold, cold, cold. It's a 20-year storm. We hunker down, we cancel plans, we retract from the world. We all know people who the weather is all they talk about. It's the number one thing that they structure their outlook for the day on. Have you ever thought about how a weather prediction, which is so often wrong, can literally ruin your day? Do that day in, day out, and you'll find weeks, even months of complaining and isolation become your mode of operation. How about the news anchor we've been watching for years? Late breaking news, tragedy on a level we've never seen before, day after day after day. Who speaks into your lives and how is it affecting us? Today, we'll see that God should be our greatest influencer. There is, in fact, no shortage of influencers, and yet there is. We're going to highlight how God called us to influence in our marriage, in our homes. Today, we'll look at people in the Bible and how God shares their story to be an influence in our story. I would bet few, if any of them, knew that they would be in a book read by millions, thousands of years later. You may never be in print, but like these people, God has made us to be an influence on this world, a living testimony. 
So if you're ready to give and get all that God has for you in marriage, stick around for the next 25 minutes here on Vows to Keep Radio, the show where you get sound biblical counsel you can apply immediately to your marriage. We're your hosts, David and Tracy Sellers of Vows to Keep. We are biblical marriage counselors, authors, teachers, podcast hosts, radio hosts, and conference speakers. And if you want to get back to being an influence for God in your spouse's life and in this world, you're definitely in the right place. I think there are two key kinds of influencers. First, the ones that speak into your life in an ongoing way. And second, the influences you solicit at a time of crisis. So let's say something tough is happening in your life. Who is your first phone call to? Is it your parents? Is it a friend from church? Do you try to find the topic on YouTube? Do you turn to a psychiatrist? Are you someone who turns to nobody? I've got this myself. The question is this, who has a genuine influence in your life on a consistent basis? I want you to think about this. Over the past year, who has had the honor of your attention week in and week out? Maybe it's your boss. Maybe it's your pastor. Maybe it's your best friend. Is this person someone who could call your baby ugly, tell you that your fly is down and that you've got a gargantuan cliffhanger of a booger all at the same time and you would still see them as an ally? These people are like gold if they reliably point us to Christ. But influencers are also the kind of people that can send us down the rabbit trails of sin too. Now, I think we all know that God should be our greatest influencer, but honestly, that's rare. Sometimes it's materialism, it's ideas, it's movements, it's philosophies or friends, family, coworkers, teachers, books, programs, politicians, heroes from long ago, movie characters, actors, and the list goes on and on. No thing, no person should be a greater influencer in our lives than God himself. Anything, any person that does not line up with the Lord and his ways as defined in the Bible should not be allowed to influence you. To be blunt, so much of this world is being influenced by the devil and by the flesh, the world's wickedness, by everything and anything but the Lord and the Bible. What does the Lord and the Bible have to say about this? In 3 John Chapter one, it says, dear friend, do not imitate what is evil, but what is good. Anyone who does what is good is from God. Anyone who does what is evil has not seen God. No matter how much of this world has turned its back against God in the Bible, even when it's your spouse, even when it's your closest family members, even when it's the counselor you go to, anyone or anything at all, God's word is plainly showing Do not be influenced in a way that will cause you to displease, dishonor, or disobey God. People who do that haven't seen God. That's what this verse is saying. Anyone who does what is good is from God. So we've got to live for him. We've got to live according to his ways. We've got to let the Lord be our greatest influencer. And watch, because his desire for you to influence will grow. In 1 Timothy chapter 6 and Paul's really final charge to Timothy, he says, But you, man of God, flee from all this. Pursue righteousness, godliness, faith, love, endurance, and gentleness. Because when you do these things, you are the light this world needs. Now I've got to say, following God might not make you popular in the world's eyes, but it makes you viable to be an influencer in other people's lives. And that's God's goal. 
As we transition to our next point, let us read from Ephesians 5, 1 and 2. I love this. Follow God's example, therefore, as dearly loved children, that's you and I, and walk in the way of love, just as Christ loved us and gave himself up for us as a fragrant offering and sacrifice to God. God's directives make you a person ready for influence, but that doesn't mean we'll always be happy, but we will be holy. And although that doesn't get views on social media, it does make a loud statement to those you are closest to. And this brings us to our second main point that God calls us to be an influencer. And I think this is first true in marriage and in our home. An influencer, according to God's word, does have a higher responsibility. Listen to Hebrews 13, 17. It says, obey those who rule over you and be submissive for they watch out for your souls. They must give an account. God's not cool with people of influence, people of authority being loose with their theology. Leaders have to be extremely careful as to how they conduct themselves. Why? Because of their position. We're either going to lead people astray or on point to Christ. So leaders are held to a higher standard. Paul actually lays out some qualifications in 1 Timothy chapter 3. He says, whoever aspires to be an overseer desires a noble task. Now the overseer must be above reproach, faithful to his wife, temperate, self-controlled, respectable, hospitable, able to teach, not given to drunkenness, not violent, but gentle, not quarrelsome, not a lover of money. He's got to manage his own family well and see that his children obey him. And he must do so in a manner worthy of full respect. Man, it saddens me to see leaders who don't honor God mistreating a position intended to honor God. It's like they're setting a snare for the very person they're called to protect and watch out for. Look around. You'll see people entering into marriage for their own selfish gain. And I got to admit, I can't claim innocence here either. I worked hard to influence Tracy toward me, not only because I wanted to have a marriage that honored God to be a servant of him and Tracy's life, but because I wanted her. I wanted her to serve me. I wanted her to be all that I hoped she would be. And this is where we go wrong. I'd like to think I've come a long ways in the 20 some years we've been married, but here's the truth. Jesus says it very plainly. He who is the greatest among you, let him be your servant. In other words, the greatest influencers are the people who die to their own agenda. I don't see that kind of servant mentality in very many today. It's not a popular approach. To be an influencer today, it seems like the goal is to set yourself apart, putting yourself on a pedestal, really, to achieve almost like a godlike position that others would idolize you. And these so-called influencers are truly more about being served than serving. Now, not that YouTube shows about cars or cooking or whatever your particular hobby is, are necessarily sinful. But the basic question I feel like God will be asking is this. Did you attract these people so that they would worship you or me? Matthew 18, Jesus says it this way, but whoever causes one of these little ones who believe in me to fall away, it would be better for him if a heavy millstone were hung around his neck and he was drowned in the depths of the sea. Wow. There's a little bit of weight on us as parents, right? Our witness of how we handle sin with repentance and forgiveness is being watched. We're teaching them something. 
So often we fail to teach that, though. Which of us has disciplined our kids out of anger? This is your platform of influence in your home. You are an influencer in your spouse's life. In marriage, a huge area of influence is sex. The Bible encourages us as married people to have sex and to avoid sexual immorality. In 1 Corinthians, we see the bodies of a husband and wife belong to each other. In biblically healthy marriages, sex is to be mutual and frequent so that the husband and wife are not tempted. The lusts of this world are everywhere. We know that. You are the greatest influence on how your spouse will deal with that. A sexless marriage is potentially a huge problem. Causing another to fall away is a serious deal. No wonder Jesus says in Matthew, Woe to the world because of offenses, for offenses will inevitably come, but woe to that person by whom the offense comes. The harsh reality is that the one who falls and the one who influences the fall will end up before God on judgment day. The one who prompted the sins of another bears a heavier responsibility. In today's culture, some marriages, some parents have abandoned the gospel and they are literally leading their home to a false hope and worldliness. They're leading people to eternal ruin. At the start of this broadcast, we talked about two kinds of influencers the one who speaks into your life on an ongoing basis, and second, the people who you call in times of crisis. And I want you to take a minute and jot down the answer to these two questions for each person you love. Now, if this was too quick, I'm going to put these questions in the show notes. So who does your daughter turn to in times of crisis? Who speaks into your son's life on an ongoing basis? Who does your husband follow on YouTube? Who does your wife follow on Facebook. Who has a genuine influence in your life on a consistent basis? Now you might have to confess, I don't know the answer to all these questions. That's not fatal, but it's not a place to stay. Let today be a day that God reveals not only in your own life, but in the life of those nearest to you, who has the influence? Where is it that the influence is reliably pointing us to Christ? Who are the influencers who are sending us down the rabbit trails of sin? Maybe they are someone you know personally. Maybe it's a voice on social media that has no clue that they're affecting your life in such a way. Who are the friends that we need to recognize have a position of authority who shouldn't? In fact, you need to have a position of influence for Christ in their life. What are the relationships that we actually need to hit pause on until we are strong enough spiritually to be an influence on them. Answer these questions about every person you love. Talk about it with your family. Pray about it. This is why God wants you to be an influencer for his kingdom. And that's our final point today. There are people influencing your kids, your spouse, your friends, your coworkers on topics like sexuality, on on taking up a very self-absorbed purpose. Your charge is to out-teach, out-influence these lies. And I'm not talking about just being a loud voice of your own opinions. I'm talking about being there with biblical truth when the fallacy of Satan's lies are found to be worthless because they will be found to be that way. A Christian living to glorify Christ can expect the lost to see something different in them, to see a light in darkness. Matthew 28 describes it in this way. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. And surely I am with you always to the very end of the age. Here God is saying, desire to have a bigger influence in more people's lives 
for my kingdom. The way I read the Bible, I see it would define being an influencer as someone who can testify to when you follow your own way, it's going to hurt your life. And when you know and follow Jesus, it changes your life. Now, parents, this isn't about coaching a sports team so you can witness to the neighbor kids. This is first being influenced more by God than anyone, anything else. It's first about being a godly leader in your home. Do you speak into your wife's life? Do you let her speak into yours? With this in place, we together have a capacity and a structure around us to then take that next step into the world. In Acts 1-8, Jesus says, You will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to the end of the earth. A lot of us think of this with a geographical mindset, like Jesus was referring to a map of the region and giving a trajectory. However, I think he meant this in regards to the various levels of intimacy, familiarity we have with the people group. Jesus was basically saying, begin with the people in your closest sphere of influence, your family and your close friends. Then there's the acquaintances we have outside of our immediate comfort zone. And finally, those who are culturally or socially different than us. In some ways, this is really inspiring. In others, it's really frustrating. Yeah, there's people in all of our lives that we wish we could speak truth to. And we often don't because we fear their rejection. Let me give you an example of a couple of influencers in God's word known as Adam and Eve. You can find them in Genesis. So Eve is this person tempted to eat a forbidden fruit. Adam fails to be an influence in his wife's life at a critical juncture, even though she's blatantly sinning right in front of him. Now, if I'm Adam in that moment, I I don't want to be a leader. I I don't want to be an influencer. So watch what happens next. When she offered sin to him, he knows it's wrong, but he takes it. And this is a huge example of a failed influence that has repercussions extending all the way to today. I believe God gave this example so that you and I can see the possibilities so that we can relate to Adam and see, you know what? He failed to make a choice. We could choose differently. So will Adam's story influence you? Because it shows the cost of being so lukewarm toward your spouse's sin that you ultimately join them rather than stop them. One more influencer from God's word, and then we've got some closing thoughts. Many of us have heard the crazy story of a man named Jonah and his experience in the belly of a whale. As a kid, I would summarize the moral of this story to be simply just obey God or get barfed up on a beach. (laughs) I've come to see it's a little more than that. Jonah is a man who's called to testify to the Ninevites, a city of egregious sin. Jonah's fear and his pride causes him to run, run the other way. He doesn't want to go to Nineveh because he feels like these dudes are his enemies. He actually wants them to be destroyed by God. So Jonah boards a ship headed in the wrong way. And next thing you know, he finds himself in a raging storm. And the crew realizes Jonah is the problem. They throw him overboard. And he's swallowed by a great fish. Well, our guy Jonah hangs out in this fish's belly for three days and three nights and eventually repents of his sin to God. I don't know what took him so long, but the fish ultimately vomits him up on dry land. Finally, Jonah goes to Nineveh. And amazingly, Jonah leads the city in a great revival. The city is spared. The moral to this story is, I don't care who you are, we're not hiding from God. You are called to be an influencer for God's kingdom in a world that intimidates you. 
What God wishes to accomplish through us will come to pass despite all of our objections. Ephesians 2.10 says that God has plans for us and, and that he will see to it that we conform to those plans. Man, it'd be so much easier if we, unlike Jonah, would just submit ourselves to God without delay. You see, God's salvation is accessible regardless of reputation, of, of nationality, or race. The free offer of the gospel is for anyone who would repent and accept Christ as Lord. So our role as Christians is to be the means by which God tells this world of his offer and to rejoice in the salvation of others. Now, I think Jonah of the Bible is still an influencer because his story confronts our own heart's greatest obstacle for evangelism and revival in others. And that's a self-righteousness which forgets God's interest in a relationship with everyone. Talk about grace. So many of us are like Jonah. We're eager to condemn those suffering from sin as if we actually want to see their destruction to finally be left alone. Jonah wasn't seeking judgment for guilty sinners. He was condemning all of them in a shot at being disobedient himself. God was not only eager to save the innocent, but to save the guilty as well. To me, the main takeaway is that Jonah's disobedience led not only to his own personal revival, but to the influence of all of the Ninevites' future as well. This could be right where you are as well. Running from God's influence has made you weak. God has to be the number one influence in your life. And to that point, here's a little homework for you. I want you to create a list of who you turn to in crisis. And then add to that list who you make sure you make time and space to listen to on a reoccurring basis. Take that list and today's show and explain that to your spouse. This is where my heart is. I want to be someone who watches who my influencers are and watches the kind of influence I have in other people's life. And ask your spouse to vet your list. Now, the criteria you both should be using isn't, you know, do I like this person? Are they my favorite kind of person? It's, will this person point me to God's word? Will they use and give biblical advice? Is there influence for his kingdom or for their own? Now, you may need to prepare to distance yourself from people that you've drawn false wisdom from until you're in a position of biblical knowledge and spiritual stability to turn that around, to go and to become an influence in their life. I'm not asking you to end this relationship. I'm saying stop calling them when you're in a time of crisis. Pray with your spouse through the challenges. Let the influences in your life glorify God. As I said in the beginning of this show, there is in fact no shortage of influencers. Yet there is. God has called you to influence your home. I think that God is displeased in all the ways that we have redefined an influencer. He picked some of the lowest of the low in the Bible and he featured them. God shares their story to be an influence on your life. Now, you may never be in print like some of these people, but God has made us to be an influence in this world, a living testimony of who he is. Influencers for God realize that life is short and the needs of this world point to a need for God. 
influencers use the platform we've been given like the heroes we read about in the Bible as faithful, obedient servants of an amazing God. Vows to Keep is supported by a team which includes biblical coaches, writers, and pastoral advisors. If you have a desire to serve marriages in your community, we would love to hear from you. Vows to Keep is a not-for-profit marriage ministry designed to bring God's encouraging truth to the marriages of our area. As a not-for-profit organization, our commitment to Christ-like marriages includes providing much-needed services regardless of a couple's financial ability to offset the cost of Vows to Keep operations. If you are unable to donate your time or abilities but would like to help support Vows to Keep financially, visit VowsToKeep.com and click on the donate link. This program is sponsored by Vows to Keep of Zanesfield, Ohio.